So how's everybody doing today at the Rock Church? You guys good? It's good to see you guys. And um, man, it's good just to sit in that worship experience. Would you agree with me? That, that, that's some good. Bobby, you with me on that one? Yeah. I, um, you know, it's the fourth time I've sat through that, you know, Thursday night and now, now three times this morning. And um, it's been good every time. But uh, there's something special that, that I was recognizing even during that one of just our time together, that, that I really believe God moves. And uh, I, I just want us to make sure that that's, that's what today is, is about an opportunity for God to move in our lives, that, that when the Spirit works, it just happens. That's what we saw with the baptisms. Did you enjoy seeing all those baptisms earlier? So that's very cool, very cool. Um, if you don't know what was going on there, we just got done having this gen camps. And um, we had a church from Danville, Indiana called Northview Church. Uh, they joined with us and uh, their, their students actually attended worship about two weeks ago and then went to camp with us. So we saw several of them uh, taking those steps of baptism and then a bunch of our students and then some people from our campuses and uh, our middle school camp. Uh, the night we were doing baptisms there got rained out. Um, so several of them have already started doing that back home now. Um, and uh, we're uh, looking forward to that. I had one this morning at the 10 o'clock. So, so that is just a, a way that God has been moving. And, and we can visually see it. Now, when someone takes a step like that, which is incredible. So, so I want to encourage you, if you've ever thought about taking a step of baptism, if you need to know more about that, jump on the app, use the QR code, stop by the Connect Corner, do whatever you need to do. All right? Now, if you're new with us, my name is Josh. I'm one of the pastors. I'm glad you're with us. And uh, I'm excited to, to continue this series. That, that the series we're in right now is called Tailgate Talks. And, and the whole premise of it is every now and then you'll pull up a, a, a chair, you'll have an opportunity. Maybe you're sitting on a tailgate with somebody and they get a chance to, to drop some wisdom on you. And uh, two weeks ago, we, we talked about wisdom. Last week, we talked about warnings. All right. Just curious if you were here last week, raise your hand. Just raise your hand wherever you're at. How many of y'all went when you went out to your car, checked your little oil sticker? Yeah, yeah, several of you. I cannot begin to tell you how many pictures I got this week of people taking a picture of their dashboard saying, yep, I'm guilty, um, or their sticker in their window saying, yep, I'm guilty. Because last week we talked about warnings, that, that week one was about wisdom. Week two was about warnings, and uh, those were practical. I hope they were practical. I hope every message is practical, but they were a little philosophical in trying to get the series started. The next four weeks um, is going to just be some very practical teaching. Uh, stuff that you can just go, okay, yep, let me take that to, to heart. Let me put that in play right away. This week, uh, the practical teaching is all around the word wealth. The word wealth. Anybody here want to be wealthy? Oh, like really? Just a few of you? Like a bunch of liars, right? You know what I mean? Like, like I think we all want to be wealthy. You know what I mean? And, and here's good news. I'm going to tell you today how to be wealthy. I'm actually going to say it this way. Jesus wants you to be wealthy. And, and I know just by saying that, you're like, what, what's Josh mean by that? Like, that could get me in a lot of trouble, just saying, Jesus wants you to be wealthy. But reality is, when you recognize a relationship inside of Jesus, when you recognize who he really is, you understand you're already wealthy, right? You with me? You miss Fanny? You with me on that one, right? 
Like the minute you recognize what a relationship with Jesus looks like, you recognize, wow, I'm already wealthy. And we're going to talk about that, especially at the end. But, but I actually want to spend about 20 minutes just talking about money at first and about actually how to get wealthy, like even with physical money, even with your finances. And, and some people, they're like, oh, that makes me nervous talking about that. Personally, I love to talk about money at church. I absolutely love it. And here's why. All of us deal with it. Like some of you middle schoolers in here, you might not be having the money uh, questions or struggles yet, but every high school or above, we all start dealing with money. It is a topic that affects us all. And so what I want to do, especially because we are a church that has so many people who are like 30 years of age and younger, I want to do my very best to help prepare you. Like literally this week, my oldest daughter, she's 25, uh, we were on the phone. She goes, oh, by the way, my, my new job, uh, they told me that I can have a 401k and put money in it and they would do some matching with it. I told them no, because I was like, why would I want to do that? And I was like, Mackenzie, like while you are young, start investing now because it's a whole lot easier doing it when you're young than when you're older. Older people agree with me on that one? Start while you're young. One, because you get the benefit of compound interest. I don't know how to calculate compound interest. I just know it's beneficial, okay? Uh, so, so I was having that conversation with her and, and it told her, I said, it's actually, I'm preaching about that this weekend, so make sure you watch and you pay attention, okay? And, and so I love talking about the topic because I think sometimes we just, we don't understand it. We don't understand how to be good with my money. We don't understand how to make your money work for you rather than you working for money. And so today, I want, I want your money to work for you. So the way that happens is not by luck. See, I think too many times people think, well, the only way I get rich, the only way I can be wealthy is if I just luck into it. Um, that's what happened with a guy named Fran Selling. Now, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name right or not. Uh, he's from Croatia. Um, but but that, that's a picture of Fran Selick right there. And, and um, Fran is, is, he's called the luckiest unlucky man alive. Okay? And um, I, let me just read you his story. I'm sure it's true. I found it on the internet. <laughs> so this is what it says about Fran. Um, he's dubbed the luckiest, unluckiest man in the world. In 1962, he was in a train wreck into a freezing river. As 17 people died, he survived. He's lucky. In 1963, one year later, he was in a plane crash. 19 people died, he survived. In 1966, he was in a bus crash. Into another freezing river, four people died. He survived. In 1968, he was trying to teach his son how to shoot a gun. The safety came off, and he shot himself in the no-no zone. <laughs> but he survived. In 1970 and 1973, he was in flaming car accidents. In 1995, he was hit by a bus. In 1996, 
He was about to get hit by a truck. He avoided it. He hit a rail. He wasn't wearing his seatbelt. So he was ejected and flown 300 feet into a ravine. In 2003, though, he won the lottery over a million dollars. So that's what I mean. Like, he's the luckiest, unluckiest man alive because he kept surviving. So he's lucky to the point where he became a millionaire. So is that the way that you become wealthy? Well, I hope it's not just that way, right? I mean, like, that doesn't make sense. Uh, is the only way to be wealthy is if I um, invest and get lucky with a stock? Like in 2009, uh, somebody here might have bought Bitcoin. If you did, I need to talk to you in the lobby afterwards. I need you to understand how you can give that to the church. Anyway, um, <laughs> right though, like, like you might have got lucky and in 2009 bought it. In 2001, I bought Apple stock. I want you to think about that. 2001, before it was a big deal, I bought one share. So I'm unlucky. But anyway, like maybe, that's it. maybe in 1997, you happened to buy Amazon stock. Like if you did, like, yes, you got lucky, but is that the way to be wealthy? Actually, no. Because if wealth only comes from getting lucky, then chances are you'll get poor just as quick as you got rich. The book of Proverbs says this, and I'm going to dive into the book of Proverbs today, going to hit it from a bunch of different angles. And, and I just need to tell you this up front. Normally, if you come here very often, you kind of know this, that normally I take one section of scripture and kind of walk through it primarily. But, but this week, I'm going to bounce all around in the book of Proverbs. And, and, and here's the first one. It's Proverbs 13, 11. It says, wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears. And you can, you can know this. There's testimony to this. Just look, at, uh, just, just look at how many people have won the lottery and are now poor because they got rich quick, but didn't know how to manage it, didn't know what to do with it. So then they got poor. Uh, look, at, look at NFL stars or sports stars. They get wealthy fast, but because they don't know how to manage it, then all of a sudden they get poor quick as well. And that's what the, the verse points us to. It says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. And that's what I really want to talk about right now, is how to put in the hard work. And by that, I don't mean just go and work hard for a living. Right, which is important, and we're going to talk about that a lot next week when we kind of talk about work, okay? But, but I think what this verse is really getting at is not just about going and physically doing work. I think it's saying put the hard work in. That if you want to be wealthy, put the hard work in. And what does that look like? How, how do we do that? Well, if, if, if we want to learn, then, then what I want to say kind of today is let me have a tailgate talk with you. Okay, like let, let's pretend like th that maybe you stop by my office and, and we have a conversation that I've had with many people. Uh, may, maybe let's pretend like that, that you're one of my kids and I've had this talk um, with all of my kids at, at different points about managing money and, and helping them along that way because I didn't have that when I was younger. So, so I've tried to make sure. So let me just kind of pull up a chair and just have a tailgate talk with you. And, and let's just talk about 
if I can say it this way, the ABCs uh, of wealth, right? Um, that that I, I just kind of want to ABCD it because I, I believe if we ABCD it, it, it'll go a long way in your life. And, and, I, and I've done it this way just to try to make it memorable. But, but I would challenge you, now's a great time to pull out your journal, as I see some of you have that out. Pull out your phone and, and take some notes because I want you just to lock these into your head. Use them for yourself, use them to teach others. That, that first off, I'd say this, is that if you wanna be wealthy, you gotta put in the hard work. And, and the first step of hard work is acknowledging where your wealth comes from. Like, like that first word is just acknowledge. That, that, that we have a problem. We think our wealth comes from ourselves. We think that, that I'm the one who made myself wealthy. And that just doesn't work. Everything we have is a gift from God. Amen? And not just a gift from God. How about this? Everything we have is God's. The money is God's, the kids are God's, the, the family is God's, your work is God. Like we have to understand, he is the one who is actually in control. Now let me go back to the book of Proverbs. It says this, that, that the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. And all that painful toil there, what that's talking about is that it's not solely dependent on yourself that it is a gift of God, it's a blessing from God. Uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes, who was Solomon, he said this, he said, moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift from God. That we have to understand that everything we have comes from him. The book of James says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. That, that the book of Psalms says that he owns a, 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 the cattle on a thousand hills. That everything we have is his. And every blessing we have is from him. So the first step, the first part of hard work is simply to acknowledge that it comes from God. But again, we're not very good at this. We, we often think, well, no, I'm the one who brought my wealth. I'm the one who brought in the money. I'm the one who did this. There was a, a, a guy back where I used to live in Illinois. I never met the guy, but, but he had this really nice house, like big house. Like you'd go, the only, only way you could live in that house is if you have a lot of money, right? And he had a statue right out front, right by the front gate. And I was always amazed by the statue because it was a statue of a man kind of coming out of the ground. But what amazed me was the insignia on it. What, what, what the statue read was self-made man. And every time I saw that statue, I thought, how poor is this guy? How poor is this guy? Because if he really thinks that everything he has in life is a direct result of him, then he's living a life of poverty. And, and we do it. We might think, well, I don't do that. Well, well, we'll do things like this. We're like the little kid who's at McDonald's who has some fries in front of him and his dad's on the other side and all of a sudden his dad reaches across and grabs a fry and the little kid yells out, that's mine. Right, you been there? Maybe it's happened, 
And you want to go, kid, do you, did, did, did you buy those fries? Did you stand in line for those fries? Did you, do you not realize that I bought those fries? Do you not realize I could buy so many fries from this restaurant that I could fill your life with them? Yeah, you think they're your fries? You, you feel me on that one? Like, that's how we live. What we need to do is acknowledge everything we have comes from God. Everything. And if we acknowledge everything we have comes from God, well, then we can go on to the second one. Again, remember, it's a tailgate talk. And if we were just up here talking about money, I'd say, well, acknowledge everything comes from God. And then secondly... Build upon what he has given you. Like, like, take what he has given you and build it. Invest it. Now, again, just talking money, that, that I would challenge you to invest your money wisely. Um, that, that if you're talking about what I was saying to my daughter earlier, invest it in savings. Invest it in low-risk uh, low investments. Invest it in high-risk investments. Invest your money wisely. And I could have conversations with you about that individually if you ever wanted some knowledge. But, but I challenge you also, look at somebody you know um, who is great at investing. Look at a financial advisor and say, hey, help me figure this out, okay? That, that we need to do that with our money but honestly, we just need to do that with every gift God gives us. Invest it. Build it in your kids. Build into them. Invest into them. In your talents, build into them. Invest into them. That we have to invest. We have to build what God has given us. Uh, Proverbs 21 reads this way. Good planning and hard work leads to prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. That, that, that I really want you to see this, this idea of good planning and hard work. Again, I don't necessarily just mean physical hard work. I mean the hard work of going, what do I need to do to invest, to build the things God has given me? Without taking hasty shortcuts, build into it. That this is what God wants you to do. Jesus said it so much so that he told a parable about it. That there's a parable, it's in Matthew 25, it says that, that Jesus, that he went, uh, that he told the parable and he said there was a master who went to three of his servants and to one of his servants, or to all of them, he said, I'm going away on a trip. To one of them, he gave five bags of silver. To another one, he gave two bags of silver. And to the last one, he gave one bag of silver. And then while he was gone, the guy who had five bags of silver says that he invested it well. The one who had two bags of silver said that he put it to work. The one who had one bag of silver dug a hole and buried it because he was in fear. And then when the master came back, he said, hey, tell me what you've done with my money. And then this is how it reads. It says, go back one verse. Matthew 25, 20 reads like this. It says, the servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more. And said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling these small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. 
Do you, do you see what's going on? That, that Jesus has given us a parable. He's saying, listen, if you will take what I've given you, which remember, it goes back to acknowledge it's all from God. So if I acknowledge it's all from God and then I build it, that he says, if you'll take it and invest it, don't live in fear, but invest everything I've given you. Invest the, the finances I've given you. Invest the time I've given you. Invest the resources I've given you. Invest it. And when we invest it in things that are God honoring, then he returns that back to us. He says, well done. You've done well with that. Now let me bless you in some other ways. But when we hide it, when we say, well, I don't know what to do with it. I'm just going to sit on it. I'm going to ignore the blessing of God. When we don't do anything with it, he actually says to the servant, you lazy servant, away from me. And guys, I, I don't know a whole lot in life, but I know this in life. When I come to the end of my life, I don't want Jesus looking at me saying, you were lazy and you sat on everything I gave you. What I want him to say is, well done, good and faithful servants. So how do we get there? Build upon what he's given us. But, but jump into the next one, okay? That, that if I'm going to get wealthy, I have to acknowledge that it all comes from God. I've got to build on what he's given me, invest it well in God-honoring ways. And then, then I've got to control my urges and my desires, and I've got to spend it well. And if, if we're just honest right now, we're probably not real good at this part. We're probably not real good at controlling our spending. And maybe you can remember the first paycheck you ever got, right? Like, like some of you, it was just last year, you're young. Others of you, you're a little bit older like me, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember. And you remember getting that first paycheck, and you're like, that's a lot of money. Man, that looks good. And within a day, it's gone, right? Because you're just like, I've never had money like this. And you go, oh, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy this, and it's gone. Or maybe you can remember like when you started college and you got that credit card offer in the mail that um, it's time to build your wealth and to get some credit, and it's got a $1,000 credit limit, and you're like, oh, man, this is, oh, like, I, I can buy a TV. Oh, I'll pay it off right away liar right like how many of us we got it we're like man thousand dollars in I'm, oh yeah oh I've already spent my credit limit and then you're paying on it and you're paying on it and you're paying on it why because we're greedy we don't control what God has given us look at this verse in Proverbs Proverbs 23 don't wear yourself out trying to get rich be wise enough to know when to quit like, be wise and, and say, you know what? I'm good. In a blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. That's what will happen. So, so we have to quit being greedy, and we've got to control our urges. Look at the next verse. The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools Spend whatever they get. Fools will spend everything they get. So, so how do we be wise and not be foolish and spend everything? Well, here's the next part of control. One, don't be greedy. But secondly, learn how to budget. Just learn how to budget. 
And I know a lot of people say, man, budgeting is not fun. No. But here's the beauty of budgeting. You tell your money where to go. When you budget, you're able to look at everything you get and say, let me tell you what I'm going to do with you. You're actually in control. And the beauty of a budget is it will help you spend effectively. And here's what I would say with budgets, that, that it's just real simple. Take the first 10% of your income and just give it to God. Don't even question it. Just say, I'm just giving this to the Lord. 10%, I'm going to give to the Lord. And then the next 10% is towards your future self. And here's what I mean by that. I put it in savings. I put it in low-term, uh, low-risk investments, and then high-risk investments. That I put money away for the future. Because things will come up. You will need an emergency fund. Remember Abby's car that needed oil? Well, it also needed brakes, I found out. Right? I wasn't expecting that, but because we had money sitting over here in savings for an emergency fund, no big deal. We just take care of it. That, that, that you put 10% to the Lord, 10% to savings, and then you live on 80%. The problem is most of us don't live on 80. We don't live on 90. We don't live on 100. We actually live probably on 103 or more percent, which you might look at that and go, how is that even possible? You know what I mean? Like as a coach, like I hear coaches say this all the time. Give me 110%. Right? Like, like they'll say, give me 110%. And well, it's impossible to give 110%, right? Like as a coach, I never asked a player to give me more than 100%. Because if they had more than what they were giving me, they weren't giving me 100 already, right? So, so you can't give more than 100%. But you can spend more than 100%. And the way we spend more than 100% is we're spending today on what we're making tomorrow. We, we put things on credit cards, the interest rate hits, and we're only paying the minimum, which means I'm actually living on more than I make because I'm paying for something in the future that I'm living today. So, so let's not live above our means. Let's control what we've got. And, and then lastly, if you want to get wealthy, then acknowledge who's actually giving it to you. Build upon that. Control what he's given you in your spending. And then D, decide to do what's best. Decide to do what's best. Look at your money and say, I'm going to do what's best. And the best thing to do with your money is give it away. And I know that might sound crazy, but the best thing to do with your money is to be generous. And we see that, and again, back to the book of Proverbs, verse, or chapter 11. It says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That, that if we will look at what's going on in our money and if we'll learn this, this lesson of generosity and of, of giving, then you'll actually look at your money in a whole different way. That if I budget that first 10% to God, here's what will actually happen. He'll give you more money so you can be generous on top of that. Look, look at this next verse in Proverbs. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. 
And then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. That, that if I will honor the Lord, if I'll look at what he's given me and I'll say, God, I want to honor you. I want to do what is best. Then he gives us a promise to return that back to us. That he is going to take care of you. He's going to make sure you have plenty of food and things to drink. That you're going to be in good shape. That, that if I honor the Lord with my best when it comes to my money, when it comes to my time, when it comes to my resources, I honor him with my best. It's so much so that, that what he'll give you in return helps you take care of others later. Well, that, that's the crazy part about it. We see it in the New Testament as well in 1 Corinthians. That it says that when you give to the Lord, he will generously give back to you so that you can give to others. That all of this, what I'm saying right now is when I give God my best, he'll take care of you and others. Yes, too many times we're stingy with our money. We'll be like, I don't know. We see it in the life of Cain. I don't know if you've heard the story of Cain and Abel. They're from the very beginning of the Bible. Uh, Genesis chapter 4. And uh, Cain was a guy who was a farmer, if I can call him that. Abel was his brother and Abel was a shepherd. And one day Cain uh, decided to give an offering to God. And he took some of his grain, some of his fruits, and, and he took it to God. But, but actually what he gave was leftovers. Like, like he didn't give of his best. Abel, on the other hand, though, he was the, the, the shepherd. He, he took his best animals. He took uh, the, the ones that were fattened. He took the ones that were perfect, and he gave that to God. And it says that God was more pleased in Abel's offering. And because of that, Cain was jealous, and he was upset. So God went to him, and he said, Cain, if you would have just given to me of your best, but instead, sin is crouching at your door. And it's about to devour you. And sure enough, it did. Because a little bit later on, Cain killed his brother Abel out of jealousy. And guys, I'm afraid sometimes we do that very same thing. And we live this life where we're stingy rather than giving to God. And when we're stingy... And we don't practice generosity when we're stingy and we don't acknowledge that it's from him. When we're stingy and we don't try to build it in God-honoring ways. When we're stingy and we don't try to control it in God-honoring ways. Then what we do is we hurt ourselves and others. We don't live the rich life that he's called us to live. I remember a time, it wasn't, well, it was, it was a long time ago. That's a better way to say it. I was uh, hanging out in St. Louis and I was there at an event with about 50,000 other men. And it was a Christian event that we were all going to and while we were all standing out in front of the gates, uh, I remember looking at my buddy, I said, hey, let's just go walk down the streets and see if we can find something to do. And as we were walking down the streets, um, all of a sudden I saw this homeless man uh, standing on a sidewalk asking people for money. And, uh, so I said hello to him, and I saw a couple of his buddies just sitting down a couple of steps just right next to him. And so I, I just went and sat down next to him and just started talking to him. And as we were talking to him, the guy started asking for prayer. So we were praying together. And then the next thing I know, all of a sudden, the guy who'd been on the streets walked up behind me and stuck a knife blade to my throat. And I'll be honest, 
I wasn't ready for that that day. I wouldn't be ready for that today either. I'm sitting there going, this is not good. This is not good. And I was like, bro, 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 it's all good, man. I, uh. And fortunately, the guy in front who I'd been talking to, he said, man, it's cool. It's cool. These guys are good. That guy's actually a pastor, man. And the guy's like, there ain't no way he's a pastor. I get that, right, Miss Debbie? Ain't nothing new. I've heard that many times in my life. You know what I mean? Like, like and I'm sitting there going, it's all right. It's all right. And so next thing you know, he ended up sitting down next to me. And um, we started talking. I ended up asking him, I was like, hey, curious, do you know what's going on down the street? And he goes, yeah, some huge Christian event. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, how, how have you done? And he goes, man, you wouldn't believe it. The only person that even said hello was you. Nobody's given me a dime. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart then and it breaks my heart today for this reason. I'm not saying everybody should have gave him money, but we should, at least should have given him the dignity to say hello and have a conversation. We should have at least spoke into his life. But too many people were going, I got to get to my Christian event. And they were so concerned about themselves that they left him on the side of the road stranded. The book of Proverbs talks about it. It says, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. But those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. That we got to open our eyes because when we open our eyes, we won't lack anything. When we open our eyes and we start giving the way God has called us to give, we will actually live a rich life. See, if we get wealthy, we can live richly because we understand everything comes from God. So I just need to honor him that way. That we learn I gotta build upon this, that, that I've gotta control this, and I've got to decide to do what is best. And what is best is to honor God in the way that I give to Him. And here's the beauty when you give to God, when you give to God through the rock, people who are in poverty get ministered to. I'll just tell you that right now. That we partner with several mission organizations to help those who are going through poverty situations. That when you give to God through the rock, here's what I also believe will happen, is that he will richly bless you back so that you can give when you run across somebody who's in a situation. So what would it look like if we just said, today, I'm gonna give God my best. What would it look like if, if we just said, God, I acknowledge everything I have is from you. What would it look like if we said, God, today, I'm gonna take the gifts you've given me and I'm gonna invest them. I'm gonna build into them in a God-honoring way. Then I'm gonna learn to control my urges so that I can use what you've given me in a God-honoring way. And I'm gonna do what is best. And here's the beauty when we do that, we get to live the rich, satisfying life that Jesus called us to. That's the reason I say that Jesus wants you to be wealthy. He does. He actually said that's why he came. It's John 10, 10. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come to give you a rich life. Other translations say, I've come to give you an abundant life. Do you know what the definition of wealth is? Rich and abundant. 
And that's the reason I say Jesus wants you to be wealthy. And that wealth starts by you understanding outside of a relationship with Jesus, I'm poor. I'm stuck in poverty. So, so my prayer is today as we sing this song that, that you'll say, I don't want to be poor anymore. I, I want to be wealthy. I want to find my life inside of Jesus. And I want to cross over from poverty to wealth because I want to understand what a relationship with Jesus looks like. That is my prayer as we sing this song. This song's called Gratitude. And it's a song just about understanding, God, I know everything I have is from you. And you might say, I know I don't have a lot, but what I have is a place of wealth. I might not have everything, but everything you've given me makes me rich. I might not have everything everybody else has, but what I do have comes from you. And that's a relationship in you. And because of that, I am rich. Are you with me? And if that's the case, what would it look like if we just stood up right now? What would it look like if we stood up and we just said, Jesus, you got it all. You got it all. What would it look like if I came up front, took communion, and said, Jesus, you got it all. What would it look like if I just said, Jesus, with my money, I'm acknowledging it's from you. You got it all. What would it look like if you, as somebody who doesn't know Jesus as your Savior, said, I'm done. I'm done being poor. I'm going to throw up my hands and I'm going to say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. And if you need to talk with somebody about that, come to the Connect Corner. You ready to take a step of baptism? Come to the Connect Corner. Let's talk about it. You ready to take communion? Come on up and take communion. Come on, let's just throw up our hands. And let's say, Jesus, I praise you. I praise you because you have made me wealthy. And then let's take it from this place all through our lives. Acknowledge, build, control, and decide to live a rich, satisfying life through Jesus Christ. Come on, let's sing along with Tyler. Let's sing along with him. Let's make this a loud proclamation today.